Good afternoon, fellow gooders, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm here morning. My host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Hope everybody's back from the international break. You know, ready for the the game against Palace, the homecoming of Mr. Paddy Vieira. Yeah, yeah, international break over and done with for another month. You know, every time I'm thinking to myself, you know, can't it now be like a, you know two months of actual just club football and then that thing comes as an afterthought. Because, I mean, I've gotten to a stage where I'm totally lost about what's the Nations League games. Because I saw that was being played on the one end, and then you got the, the uh, you know, the countries, uh, you know, per, by continent, they playing the uh, World Cup qualifiers. So, I mean, at, at, at one point, I'm actually getting lost with all those uh, sort of fixtures. <clears throat> I think the last, it could be, I'm not 100% sure. But I think that there's still another one coming in November, the first, I think, two weeks of that. But, I mean, yeah, back to the game. 11th versus 14th for our first Monday night fixture of the season, as you said. The legend returns. I mean, I think almost after a miserable start for them, um, it was almost like he's starting to, you know, kind of make that Palace team now his own because, look, he was almost like dropped really into a hot mess when, look, I think we mentioned it last, I think roughly sometime last season when we also faced them. They've got like, oh, they're now like an aging team. And it's all like in clusters that, that you know, they've now lost their players. Like, you know, some were, uh, you know, just released on free transfers. Some were almost like just given a sort of short-term contract just so that they can get some money in if an uh, offer comes in. But I mean, now you can start seeing the era is now kind of making and molding this team his own in a, you know, like a very short space of time. And kind of finds himself almost like in a situation like, you know, Arteta's first month at Arsenal. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite a tricky affair because I think, you know, they've, they've, they've like you said, they've pulled themselves back. They haven't been um, an easy team to beat. I mean, I think even against Leicester, they were 2-0 down and they brought it back to 2 all. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think they have the players that's going to trouble us. And I think we've had, we haven't had a good record of late against Palace. I mean, I, I can't recall... I just recall always throwing to them at the Emirates of late and, and even them even flipping us with the win. So I think it's not it's not going to be the easiest um, games to play at the Emirates, even though we know we're ready to go again. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, but for that game, you know, where at the end of two seasons ago, where they, like, you know, really ran us ragged and beat us, I think, 3-2 at the Emirates. I still think we, you know, we always, like, would have the upper end at, at the home game. I think it's that win... They come at that Sellers Park and you've got the, that stomping and clapping fans. It's almost like a dark intimidates anything that really goes there. But I mean, I, I still think we should have enough in the bag to, you know, see us us over the line. Because I think for the, for for me at the moment, for like the one of the key players is uh, Wilfred Zaha. And I mean, if you can keep him fit, he can almost like, at times he can carry that team by himself. But I think. Whether we'll really miss in the, uh, you know, going to the game is um, that uh, youngster, Easy, or Eze, whatever. He's almost like another one that, that's on the other flank again. Almost like uh, causing total chaos when he plays. Now, for, for me, which, which is actually a uh, what is that, um, well, I've tried to think of the last time we we, we beat Palace at the Emirates. And uh, was it, did we beat him? I know last time I think we drew. And then the season before, we also. To do and the season before that we we lost so 
You know, it could have been under Wenger's time was the last time we could have beaten him at the Emirates. I mean, we actually, I think we tonked him a few times at Salah's Park, and I do know for a fact. But yeah, I think this is the Emirates. They they seem to find a trigger. Remember that Callum Chambers goal that we thought he scored, or then they blew it for a foul on on was it the centre back? But they actually pushed Chambers, so we drew that one game two all, if I'm not mistaken. And then yeah. we we also just checking out the stat here. It's like January twentieth, twenty eighteen. We beat them four one at the Emirates, but all the others were <laughs> one was a one was a loss and then two draws. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a tricky affair. And I think um, Mr. Vieira also knows that Arsenal, you know, aren't the, you know, we, 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 he probably will get stuck in with us. I mean, he knows the Arsenal culture through and through. I mean, I just think to myself, I mean, we should really take that game to them the same way we did to Tottenham. Yeah. I think if you, you catch them totally, like, you know, really quick, out, you come really quick out of the blocks. I think for any team, it's normally, you know, a, a surprise if we can really almost like set a sort of feel to to what the tempo of the game is going to be like. So I think that sort of aggressive approach approach will be needed. Um, I think I look for us. I think the only major uh, injury thing is, is, is uh, Granit Xhaka. That's like still another few months out. Even though I mean, he has not posted up pictures of him now cycling already in the gym and doing that. You know, that, that sort of weights just for the leg. Um, but I mean, I, I still think that is also somebody that we shouldn't like. You know, rush back. I think he should now. You know, completely heal that knee and and you know, come off even a few, uh, if it's under twenty three games or just you know by, behind closed doors sort of games. Um, yeah, I think with, with some Palace based fans really feel that, you know, they almost like didn't replace uh, that Patrick Van Arnold because as, as I noticed now at the moment, look for 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 Palace at the time Van Arnold was almost like too old, and then you've got that um, what's it Tyrese or something Tyrese Mitchell. Yeah, it's also that I mean he's he's quite he's got that potential to be you know something because I was always thinking him down the lines of eventual you know backup to someone like Kieran Tierney, but I think that is where they, you know there's certain spots in the squad you can see they do miss uh, you know the players vital players and also you know some of the players they now did manage to not no manage manage to but that man that they could not sell that end up staying on. So another season. So I mean, they are now aging, and I mean, it's also catching up to their legs. So I think that is where we should, like, you know, with our youth versus their, like, you know, of course the experience. But I, th- I think we can still worm ourselves through there, through the midfield, and that. And I mean, for me, the biggest worry also is, look, they look, they've got like you know the Zaha and that. But I think there's also another sort of or dimension or sort of test that that Tomiyasu, if you now you know when he comes back in the squad again. Where he will not come up against that sort of challenge because look, you know yourself. I mean, you've seen Zaha over enough times. He's somebody that likes to draw out that sort of tackles when he just gets into the box. No, hundred percent. I I agree with that. I also think that Conor Gallagher has also um, <laughs> been quite quite tricky a tricky player as well. So you know, it's not going to be an easy affair. I think you know, Bukis have Arsenal at one point five as well. Yeah. So you know, it, I, I think. It, it should be a home win, but Palace have a have a have a way of making things difficult. I mean, you saw okay, they played at Salas Park, but they did donk Spurs, but Spurs did go down to ten men, and that Edward Mendy as well was not Edward Mendy. Edward he was, he was doing quite well at at them at 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 Palace as well. And look, at, there was some sort of article I saw the last you know day or so. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna bring it up, but some people were saying. 
you know that, that I think we mentioned it a week or even two ago about you know Kieran Tierney. There's, there's certain aspects of his game that you know you, you know what he always brings to the table, and and now almost almost like now it's like he's he looks more leggy, he looks more you know almost like he doesn't look that concentrated when he's whipping crosses over. And, and I mean like the consensus now of some, some Arsenal fans, I'm not saying all, but it's like some are actually wondering you know if it's maybe something that you brought up a while back of. Maybe giving Tavares a go then at left back for a game like Palace, especially being a home game also. Yeah, but I think maybe you know you need to sometimes rotate your players. I'm like Ashley Cole and Gal Clish, you know, not not so called you know throw Tierney out completely, but give give Tavares a run of, of fixtures as well, so that you know you can also get you know, when it's does time for him to play and Tierney gets an injury, you're not just throwing the guy in from the cold and telling him to gel with his team immediately. So. You know, it wouldn't be bad. I think he might give us a bit more attacking, attacking flair that side with, with especially um, you get Del Party or or Lukonga to actually sit deeper and cover that spot because I saw him doing that a lot when he was actually playing against Brighton, almost playing as a as an emergency left back from time to time when Tierney was bombing forward. Because you know what, what has actually been a bit of a concern for me, it's like. You know the way we um, Ireland set up? So it's like for the majority of, especially now the qualifiers, okay, I'm not talking about the friendlies because that is when Ireland do mix it up. But I just think to myself, like when you have, um, you know, these qualifiers and it, uh, Ireland will always try to go with, uh, you know, Andy Robertson at wing back and then they've got Kieran Tierney at, at left uh, centre back. But it, it, it seems like you, you, you're piling on that, that sort of game. So it's like, because I always thought to myself, Ireland would do something like, Robertson plays a few games, or some internationals. You mean Scotland? Sorry, what did I say? Ireland. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I just thought to myself, then, you know, the Robertson will play, and then TNE will get a few games, and it's not like they are being overplayed. And I think, that's why I think Liverpool also has sometimes that short, sort of issue with, with, with Scotland's setup, because even that guy is not getting, uh, you know, sort of breaks that you think. Because I mean, look, they've got two of the best left backs. In, in Europe at the moment, when you look at them like as, as a, uh, you know, for the club and country, you know. So, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. No, I, I agree. I think Tierney is definitely being played into the ground. I mean, he's playing in a Scotland side that's very dependent on him. And I think Arsenal also, you know, we attack very much on our left-hand side. So, you know, I definitely think he needs to, to, to give that, you know, that legs a break so he can become refreshed. So, Definitely for me, it's a very starting. And I think, you know, Scotland, if they could, if, if the coaches may be listening, could they possibly, you know, rotate Robertson and Tierney? Because, I mean, you know, you've got like, and, and it's almost like Tierney's a third sort of, you know, that old school footballer. You, he's not going to ask you for a break. You'll, like, you know, as you said, now, you'll play himself into the ground. But I mean, for me, it's all like down to just pride. You don't think, okay, I have to say, also, save some of my legs for the weekend again when I play club club level. Yeah, no, 100%. So, but yeah, let's see what Oteta has in store. I think the guy should come back refreshed and, you know, let's hope we can end that three-year wait almost four years against beating Palace at the Emirates. And I mean, uh, you know, just going to the squad now for, you know, like, almost like spitballing, like the, the, the sort of players. I think the, the one spot that's also really up for grabs is the the, the partner for Thomas Party because I think right now Lukonga is almost like in pole position for that. But I mean, I think he's almost like, not on, I wouldn't say versatile, but 
you can almost like you know already pull him from the squad and then add maybe extra creative players if you you know if yeah. you wish to. So I, I mean I'm just wondering if do we go like say with uh, almost like two defensive minded mids for that game against Palace or do we withdraw say somebody like Lakonga and then let uh, you know someone like Pepe then get in a almost like a winger role in the game and then you can you know you got more of a Alternative, alternative to use suck on whichever flank you want, and then you still got, you know, about me spearing the attack. I would do something like that because you could kind of have uh, a champion in here still oh, for for Smith though, and and um, Odegaard. Yeah, yeah. And then party kind of protecting them. Let's hope because I mean, party sometimes does get caught in a position, but maybe you can protect the two, like you know, the two. The two um, attackers, centre mids, basically. Um, your, I'm sorry, centre attacking mids, yeah. and then you have Pepe on the wing, causing havoc with with Saka on the other side. So you have a lot of pace coming at you all the time, and all all you need to do is do his part is just to clean up, clean up, clean up all the time. So you know it could be worthwhile. I, I know we don't we say we shouldn't be experimenting with you know new kind of formations and things like this, but I think you know at home you need to kind of dictate and dominate uh, um, teams so that they can start fearing coming to the Emirates because, you know, like I said, as Crystal Palace haven't lost at the Emirates since, what, 2018. I mean, you know, it's time to, to show teams who's boss. Yeah, I mean, that actually is with my second attack. The point also with the game is like, uh, this should also be a game where, you know, not only we are home, but also we can finally express ourselves and almost like show Yes, this is our, our brand of football, you know, for the fans and, and viewers to see. So we can really start, you know, not only running circles around teams, but also, you know, wear them out, like the way we did with Tottenham in that first half. We need more of that sort of games. But something that also we need to, to work on more is like, don't stop. I mean, look, if you got the job done first off, sometimes I'm not saying that it must be every week, but sometimes I think we need we need to almost like set a marker where we, we do put the team to the sword, like you see when Man City play Norwich. It's like you know they got enough, but they were still trying to to hammer, you know, put the hammer down on on the opponent. I mean, whoever they play. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to get away with it when they play uh, Liverpool or Chelsea or, or Man United. But I mean, when the, when the opportunity comes and they do see that they stick their chance away, and I think that is also the thing that's been also like holding us back in this season, is that that goal goal scoring threat is just not there from us. Yeah, no, it's, I, I just think, I think it's the Bamiang, you know, he has been playing better than he did and seems a bit more hungry than he has compared to last season. But, you know, I think maybe by throwing an extra attacker, we, we could give give Palace more to think about. And you know, for me, you know, as much as I always try to give someone like people, you know, the benefit of the doubt, but I, for me, this this season should actually be like a make or break for you because you've invested so much in the play, but I mean, you can't also just hang on and wait for some sort of consistency. Because I mean, I, what has really shocked me in this, you know, in this, met, this few games that we've not seen so far, when he does come on, the sort of ball controls I just find like shocking. I mean, uh, you expect somebody with, I mean, of course, I don't always throw the price tag in the mix in it, but. You really think when you buy him was like an elite player because look he came from Lille and Lille were already flying when when he was hitting that sort of heights where people were taking note of him because it was like his speed, his finishing, and that. But I think with us, it's not like he thinks he has that sort of you know that split second extra time. And I mean, 
yes, I'm like in the Premier League, your your tact, your first touch has to be sure because you either get a crunch or you're gonna end up from like either panicking with with a ball at your feet and it's gonna end up bobbling off your shin or the, the tip of your boot and then. No, I agree hundred percent. I think um, Pepe needs to show more, um, you know, consistency. He did show the the would say from the latter part of last season. He was yeah. involved in so many things. So if you can keep that up, um, you know, who knows? We could be seeing a different tune. But it seems like you know, Saka's the eighty million pound player, and yeah. you know, Pepe is the guy that came to the academy. But I mean, like I said, the potential and clips is easy. He was a big part in. You know, last season's game, scoring goals and things yeah. like that. So, you know, let, let's see. Let's see. Maybe a game like tomorrow or something that he could do well in and show why we signed him instead of Zaha. Yeah. Then we'll switch our attention to the Friday night fixture next week. Um, Arsenal, Aston Villa. Uh, you know, playing versus almost like one of our rivals at the moment in the, in the mid-table scrap. <laughs> um, I mean, it's so strange to say that. Um, look, the last home win, that's also another one like what you were mentioning with regards to Palace. Uh, the last win over Aston Villa was September 2019. So, I mean, they've also been a sort of bogey team to us because at times I'm still trying to get my head around. Even last season now, we managed to, to lose twice against them. And I mean, at times it was, uh, say, lack of discipline. Some was just total, uh, you know, focus lost. And, and I'm like... If you think that that, that game at, at Villa Park, even where I took Cedric to Delhi on the ball and get dispossessed, which led to the eventual, uh, you know, what was it? Was the penalty eventually or a goal? Or sorry, goal. That was a goal. That was a goal. State goal. Yeah. So certain things need to be also like brushed up with this team because we almost like to like so for me it's almost like we, we need to get to a point where we need to get that sort of record that we used to have against Villa in the past where we know. I'm not saying yeah, as a guaranteed three points, but I mean you would know how exactly to pick them apart and how to dispatch them. Yeah, no, I, I think, like you said, you know, even that, that win against them in 2019 was a struggle. I mean, we were down to ten men and we were what, battling at one all down, then one one, then two one, and then two two and three two. So, you know, it wasn't. Uh, uh, I think Pepe got his first goal for the club um, in that game as well. So hopefully, you know, that can also carry on his performances from, from Palace maybe he can get another start because I mean two home games, uh, home game against Villa, I mean they're not, they're, Villa is good but I mean they, they're not, it doesn't seem like the same team as they were last season with the results but you know Danny Ings is in the play of in the, in things again and you know he likes playing against Arsenal even when you're I was just looking at that also at the, the uh, you know consistent performance now going to, like, with the season and I mean, Douglas, Douglas Louise has always been a sort of headache for us when he plays. Uh, you know, John McGinn, he's normally the one sticking his boot in on the pitch there and, and, and almost like causing sort of chaos. And as well. as well. And then, of course, now with Matty Cash there as well, he's also causing a lot of problems when he's doing, you know, that, that bursting down the flanks and that. So, like, he's a difficult customer to really, you know, hold up with the ball. So, I mean, you need to you know, have your wits about you. But I mean... You know, with, with looking at the numbers also with, with uh, regards to Aston Villa, funny enough, when I was looking at the attacking record, they are actually almost like one also up there with the, the goal shy teams, you know, in our, like in our category, because they seem almost like very restricted in the tech. So it's like if you keep uh, Danny Ings quiet, then it's not like the rest of the team kind of don't have anything to fight on because, you know, they don't have that sort of grillish that's going to break the lines. And because 
look, Grealish was like, oh, actually Smith Rowe has that sort of role that Grealish thrives at when he was at Villa and he's trying to get, you know, on top of at Man City where you're not really tracking him the whole time. I mean, you got was like a set, uh, set uh, team formation. And of course, he's the one that's like breaking the lines and almost like a very unconventional sort of player. So I think that is what they do miss now, Aston Villa. And I think that is where we should also, you know, make use of that sort of kind of weakness that they have on that flank now. Um, I also think that Garak Ali also as Okay. So I think with the, the likes of a Golshai team like Villa, I think you know adding that extra bodies with uh, Odegaard and Smith Rowe will be a good thing with Pepe and Saka and then Aubameyang leading the line. Or do you even do something like adding Lacazette back into the team and playing um, Saka and Pepe out wide and resting Aubameyang? You know, something different, but also giving Lacazette a chance to lead the line with a attacking prowess behind him. I mean... It- yeah, I mean, of course, it will probably be unpopular by most, but I mean, you know me, I'm somebody, I'm, I'm, I can get really old school sometimes. I like a forward that, you know, can bring the older play to to things because, look, you know, Tyron wins and then they will bully Aubameyang. If, if, and, I, and I just think to myself, somebody like Lacazette, I mean, he might not be the tallest and they're not, he's not going to win you that, too many of the haters, but physically, he's going to make life difficult for them. He's not going to just... You know, be a pushover to them because I think that is what we do lack, and that is what I felt already in the summer. I mean, I, I don't opt on about it a lot, but I still think we need a sort of centre forward that's like six four, six six, and just you know, like really causing a lot of chaos, just adding his body into the mix there. Well, I mean, it don't have to be a, like a beanpole type of forward, but just somebody that yet is willing to jump and challenge at everything that gets flung in the box or flung uh, like you know close to the edge of the box because. Now we actually have a goalkeeper that can reach them now with with a you need to switch to a route one type of thing to to get the ball up the field. So almost like a, you know like the Giroud type player that you know I'm always I actually weirdly enough hoping to add someone like him not someone that should be your main striker mm. someone who adds that different dynamic to your game. Yeah, yeah. I mean I I would go you know that route, but I mean like long term because. I still think now that's why it's going to be also a big summer coming up uh, for next year. We we have to look probably replace Aubameyang, probably go going to uh, replace Lacazette. So I just think you know you add like yes you add pace with one forward as a replacement, but then you also are, uh, add somebody that with with aerial prowess that it's really gonna you know bang in goals you know bring back the sort of Alan Smith days also into the mix where. You've got somebody that can hold the ball up, can bring others into play, or as you said, with a Giroud-like player. Where, but just younger, that's maybe has a bit of turn of pace to his game, but has it sort of upper body strength to really hold people off. Did I say it, Calvert Lewin? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me right now, he's actually the one that, uh, like, for, like with based on physique, is, he should be the one. And then you know, you have somebody like like Watkins. He brings you that speed again because. Look, I mean, once he beats normally or usually the last man, I mean, he's off. There's not really many defenders that's going to catch him. And I mean, it's not like he's like, he just knows how to, to tear away from people. I mean, you saw how he was also a big part of 
them demolishing Liverpool last season also. Yeah, no, I definitely think those two are up and coming guys we can add to our squad and, and bolster with pace and strength. So, so yeah, let's, let, let's first hope we can beat um, Oli Watkins and Co. before trying to bring him to the Emirates. So then, finally, one of the games for next week, uh, what's it, next week, Tuesday, where we play Leeds United in the Carabao Cup. Um, that should be... I mean, I think it will be a tough game, but, I mean, Leeds almost like have been ravaged by, you know, loads of injuries. I mean, look, there's a big doubt already this coming weekend for Calvin Phillips. And then, of course, look, Patrick Bamford, who's been almost like they speared up front. He's also out, of, I think, until either, I'm not sure if it's even end of October. He's also had, like, you know, a lingering injury. And then, of course, like Luke Ayling, another one injured who's also been, you know, like, Always there, thereabouts for them. And of course, that Koch guy, that's also a big uh, mainstay of this squad. But I mean, look, I think the, the, the key players usually is that Rafinha guy. And I think, what's the other one? Is it Rodrigo? That's also another one that can cause all sorts of chaos. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So I think they're, they're, they're quite nervous. I think, I'm not nervous. I think they're quite. They, they, they haven't been having a good season. I think their priority is definitely staying in the Premier League. And I, I, I can't see them. You know, going all out to the big guns at Arsenal. I think the Carabao Cup is something on the back burner for them. I could be wrong. I could yeah, be wrong. I fully agree there. Because I just think Bielsa is somebody, you know, he can be also very pragmatic with the whole setup with the Leeds team. Like, you know, knowing exactly, you know, what's going to be the biggest risk for them, what's going to be almost like the biggest like financial loss for them. So, I mean, a lot of these teams will normally think, OK, Carabao Cup now, nah, we're rather going to just throw in. Because, I mean, when you look at also the sort of squad that, that um, was the other people playing, Wolves, when they were playing, I mean, I did not recognize many of that squad. And I thought to myself, yeah, I thought they would now, you know, give it the right go. Because, I mean, the previous seasons, they were, you know, throwing everything at it. But I think now it's like they're taking everything or putting everything in perspective and, and taking these games like it. But, I mean, I just hope for the best there. I mean, Leno gets probably another game. <laughs> but, I mean, we can also get to see... Uh, I mean, even though it's our own game, I'm just not sure Arteta's going to be, you know, brave enough and actually throw in one or two of that, that youngsters that are so talented we have, you know, under 23 ranks. Oh, what's the player's name? Charlie? Is it Patino? Patino. How do you say Patino, yeah. Uh, it's something that, that, that the guy, you know, who was praising Jack Wilshere, who found Jack Wilshere yeah. at the Hill in the academy, said that, um, you know, this... Um, Patino is probably the, the best youngster he's seen at, at the academy. So let's just see. Maybe, you know, he can actually prove yeah. his word and maybe, you know, you could slot him in the squad somehow. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. make a big um, weakness if you put him surrounded by, you know, a relatively strong squad. So, yeah, let's see what we can do with the Carabao Cup and, you know, let's hope we can get it all the way. Yeah. So, guys, with that, I'm wrapping up the podcast. Hope you guys take care. Enjoy the weekend. Bye. Cheers guys and good to have the football back again.